Well, um, this morning, I um, wanted us to, to review our sermon series that we've been going through the last couple months about family. And looking each, each week we've been looking at a different part of family and asking this question, what is your status? And I know we have many social platforms, social media, you know, a lot of people are on Facebook or Instagram or TikTok or lots of other ones, uh, but we find out very often what people's status is. You know, we, we see, you know, we get to see someone got accepted to college or the, the new pictures of, of babies or, or what's happening, uh, you know, across the world in Ukraine. We get to hear about people's, what's happening in people's lives like we've never had in our history of the world until recently. And so we can find out very easily what is our status. What is their status? What is happening in their lives? And we get to see pictures and videos. We get to see all kinds of things that people share. And so as this series concludes today, we are looking at how the family of God, how are we family? And how are we family uh, of, of God? And looking at what is our status as family. And so we, we have looked through uh, eight, so, so far eight sermons uh, and the last eight weeks. And so I'm going to ask you guys something that's kind of challenging today. Actually, a few things that are challenging, but in your bulletin, there's a, in the sermon, uh, the, the insert, it's, there's a review of what our sermons have been. Um, and right under those eight, uh, those reviews, there's this, there's this question that, that says, experience the family of God, or how have I experienced God's family? You'll have that opportunity in a few minutes. And I would love to hear some feedback from, from you guys. So as we've looked at this, uh, we saw fellowship, connecting, loving, growing, investing, praying, serving, and welcoming like family. These are things as God's family that we are not just to do, but we are excited to do. And we can do it with joy in our hearts as we give and as we connect in fellowship. And so... The first few of these uh, we looked at in January, fellowship, how do we fellowship like family? Well, believers in Christ, so if you are in God's family, then we are brothers and sisters, and we can share in his fellowship, and we are called to be in fellowship with each other. That means we are coming together, we are meeting, we are um, expressing each other's needs, to, you know, giving each other status updates, how we're doing, how we can pray for each other. How are we uh, the body of Christ? How are we family? And so um, I think that's really important that we, are, that we aren't just somewhere, but we're together. And, and secondly, looking at how we connect like family. We are, you know, the family of God is all over the world. And the family of God is also locally in each place that we live. And so it's, we want to connect with family of God wherever we are, but also wherever uh, how we can pray for people like in Ukraine today. We can be praying for people of the family of God wherever they are. And so it's really important also to think about how we 
to be in a local church, we need to have commitment. You know, we, we need to commit to the local church, and that is the key to connecting like family. So if you want to feel like you're connecting and you're part of God's family, a key piece is that we need to commit to a local church. Now, if that's East Bend, that's awesome. There's a lot of great churches around here, but wherever it is, connect to a local church, and you're going to find that is the key of feeling connected in the family of God. Then we looked at love, and, and love is something that we, you know, there's a lot of talk about love in our world, but God's love is different than just love. God's love is a choice. God's love is different than just how you feel for someone, but it's a, a way of choosing to love someone. And so we said that God's love is the glue in God's family. God's love connects us. It, it makes us feel together. When we don't have God's love, then we are going to feel, not, we're not just going to feel connected, we're not going to feel in unity. We're going to be broken. We're going to be scattered. And so that love, God's love, is what connects us. And then we looked at growing. And how do we grow in the family of God? Well, a big way that we grow is by studying God's Word. By studying what His Scripture says. By understanding it's not, this Scripture isn't just for me to understand. That His Scripture is a story. The story of God. It's not my story. It's not your story. But it's God's story. And we can learn from God's story about who God is. And what His heart for people is. And how there's a lot of sin, like what we heard from Susie this morning. There's a lot of sin and corruption. There's death. There's a lot of bad things that happen, even in the Bible. But we can learn, as we study God's Word, we can learn about His heart for reaching people. And, and offering His salvation to all people, even in the lowest and worst times of, of our lives. And so we said that God's family grows together when we study and experience God's Word together. So when we are studying God's Word and when we're growing in our relationship with God, if I'm doing that and you're doing that and, and we all are doing that and we're coming together and studying and talking about God's Word and we're, we're helping each other learn, then we are all growing. If we're growing closer to God, then we're all growing closer to each other as well in unity. And so those were the first few uh, messages that we looked at for this series of, of family. So I want to challenge you right now, if I can find a microphone. <laughs> All right. I can't find one. Here we go. All right. So does anyone want to share something that they have experienced in God's family, something that that is kind of connected with what, something we've talked about or something that we've learned. So it doesn't have to be a long thing. It could just be short. But if you were bold enough to stand up and talk in front of a microphone, raise your hand. As many of you know, I've had multiple surgeries, and I'm sick of them. But, but with each surgery... The family at East Bend surrounded me with love by bringing in food, which helped with meals. But it also made me feel the love that 
I share with East Bend, but it also made me feel the love of God. Thank you. Thanks, Alice. I like the food, too. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we all benefit from that. All right, thank you. Does anybody else want to share? I have several things. Um, One is two international students from U of I have come out. One person had a ride in the combine from one of our members, and another person came and toured a farm from one of our members, and they're from completely different countries, but they were very interested in American farming. Another uh, way is through the... uh, uh, Mennonite sew, uh, Women's Sewing Circle and uh, was able to provide um, uh, quilts for many people. Um, a third way that I've been involved is teaching English as a second language to some people and they wanted to see what our church looked like so I took some pictures of the outside and the inside and probably never been inside a Christian church before in their life, but at least, and they probably won't have a chance to because they're from some closed countries, but anyway, they had a chance to see what the inside of East Bend looked like. Thank you, Celeste. That was, that's great. Um, all right, anybody else want to share? There will be an opportunity in a few minutes also, but anybody wants to share? Okay, well, keep thinking about that. Um, and then let's go through the, the other four that we went through. <clears throat> so after that, we've looked at investing. And where we invest is where we, you know, where are we putting our heart? Where are we putting our time and our money? Where are we, you know, if you look in the stock markets, people are really excited about where, or they get really upset about how their stocks are doing, right? How... You know, where's their money going? They're, they're, they want that to work well, right? They want it actually to gain more money. Um, but in the same way, we can invest our money and our time and our worship. We invest all kinds of ways into the family of God. And so we said that God expects His family to be investing in His kingdom work. God is expecting that we all, if we are in God's family, that we aren't just in the back saying, uh, that's for other people. But he expects all people in his family to invest. And however you're investing in God's kingdom, whether it's in a church or in other places, but we're investing money and time and the way we serve into God's kingdom. And then we looked at, um, well, that was right when we were having a baby, so Dwayne did the next message, but about praying and how we pray and there's power in prayer. And he was talking about how, how when the family of God prays together, that we stay together. And how when we pray, it's not just that we pray um, when something bad happens. Yes, we want to be praying. We lift up the needs of our people. We lift up the needs of people we know in our communities. But not just reactive prayer. We want to have proactive prayer. Like the Apostle Paul and some of the other um, people in the Bible, they were praying blessing over people. They were praying that they would have favor to walk with the Lord. And they were, have courage and to, to be 
living faithful lives. And so we want to be praying not just as a reactive or when something happens. We want to be praying ongoing for, for each other. And then we looked at serving and how we serve like family. And that's really like, it's a part of our investment. How are we investing our time? We invest our time in, in the way we serve. We give our time. And we said that when God's family serves, God's family embraces the heart of God's Son. God's Son, Jesus Christ, He came not to be served like a king is served. He had every right to be served, but God, Jesus came and He came to serve. And serve, and He gave His life as a ransom. And, and so when that's our example that we can embrace God's heart. We can embrace Jesus' heart of serving. So not just serving because we probably should every once in a while, but how can we make sure that, that this church and our communities are, that we can be a blessing to them? How can we serve with joy and gratitude in our hearts? And that was the week that we looked at, I had you guys write on post-it notes, and those are out there um, of different ideas of how we serve and how we could serve. And so I want to just really embrace that we want to serve like Jesus. Not begrudgingly, not because we probably should, but if we are believers in Jesus, we want to live in his way, with his heart. And his way and his heart, a lot of it has to do with serving people and serving the family of God. And last week we, was the, the final message of this series, um, and we, it was called Welcome Like Family. And so we looked at how a healthy family of God reaches out and welcomes in. So we reach out. We share the love of Jesus with people. But we don't, we don't just come here sometimes, but we go to people. We reach people. We are, we're proactive. We're interacting. We're seeking out the people in our neighborhoods, in our communities, in our workplaces, where we go to school. We are seeking people out, looking for opportunities to be a blessing to them and to share the love of Jesus with them. So we reach out and we welcome in. We embrace people when they come. And we, try to, we invite them to come. All right, so this is the last time I ask you to do this, but uh, we had two people just share. Were there, does anybody else want to be bold enough to, to raise their hand and, and answer how have I experienced the family of God or how has what we've learned of these things challenged me in, from this sermon series? So just raise your hand if you want to share something. People in the back. <laughs> That's good. That makes me run. <laughs> I just want to share how the prayers of the body of Christ have blessed us. Um, there's no way Mike should have been out of the hospital in less under four weeks after surgery. Really a miracle that he even got to the surgery because his <clears throat> heart function was almost non-existent. It was down to 2% before he even had the surgery. So we've appreciated the prayers of our family at East Bend and at Christian Life. My sisters in my Bible study prayed me through the entire fall, practically. 
and during and after surgery and prayers of other churches, uh, our friends, churches, our churches of our relatives, all praying. What should have been at least an eight-month, or I'm sorry, an eight-week stay in the hospital turned to under four. Great. Thank you, Don. And we're glad to see you, Mike. <laughs> Can you guys pass it down to Susie? I've been challenged uh, to look and see what else I can be involved in. I've been involved in many different things. But the one thing that I showed our Bible study this week that I kind of thought was a good example, this man was talking about being involved in, and getting out there and doing things, and he said they needed help in his church in the children's area, and he said, that's not my gift. And he said, I, I always say, that's not my gift, that's not my gift. But he decided to volunteer, and he said, I'm 6'7", and they needed a Goliath, and I got hit in the head by very many marshmallows from <laughs> kindergartners. So I think we can all look around and see what little thing we could do and not say, well, that's not my gift. There are other things that we could all be doing. Thanks, Susie. How's everybody doing? (laughs) So for the past six months... I have been wondering what is, what is my plan? What, where is my goal going to be in the next six months? So I kept on asking God, okay, what's your plan for me? Where, where do you want me to go? Where do you want me to guide me? Throughout premarital counseling with Luke, um, one of the things came up was give it to God and just pray. About two weeks ago, I got offered a really good position in my pharmaceutical company, and I've just been accepted, surprise Eli, (laughs) I've just been accepted to enroll in immunization where it's a start, but it's going to be my contribution to the community of how I can help out through medicine. It is a very small step, Um, there's going to be a lot of studying involved, but that was my answer that I've been waiting for for the last six months. Thank you, Maria. It's exciting. I was thinking about the the sermon about God's love is the glue in God's family and how love is a choice and how our family experienced, um, we've only been here about two and a half years, and before we even got here, how much love was extended to us. And right when we arrived, one of our kids said this week something like, "Um, Angie and Kenny, okay, David said it, Um, (laughs) Angie Angie and Kenny really liked our family before they even knew us. And that was just such an interesting comment. And I thought about that. Um, When we arrived, we had so much, just even for the, the weekend that we visited, Um, so many tangible ways that um, love was outpoured to us before even knowing us well at all. And um, just whether it was school supplies for the kids or um, money to go to the Fisher Fair or toys, yes. There was um, some some goodies that were given to the kids for their two-hour drive to from Chicago to get here. So it was just um, reminding me of how much 
love is a choice, and, and it was just this decision of they are in our family already, and we're going to show them love. And I think that that is expressed in many other ways in our in our church. Also, the the power of when God's family prays together. It's such a privilege um, to pray together in different ways. We've had some really wonderful and meaningful times of prayer in our prayer nights this week or this year, um, and also. Um, just praying in small groups, that has been um, some, such an encouragement to me, and I'm, I'm praying that that will grow and um, be a blessing to many. So. Thank you. I agree. <laughs> As the uh, conversation has went on with Luke and with those of you, uh, the thing that's been rolling in my head is is adoption, and and Amy and I were, were blessed with the opportunity to adopt directly in our family, but it goes well beyond that. And the thought just became more and more clear to me how adoption affects every one of us, that we have all been adopted and grafted into by our, our Creator and God the Father in ways that, you know, aren't, aren't exactly natural. <laughs> But, and it's all, it's all about him. He has extended that invitation. He has grafted us in. He has said, welcome, I want you to be part of, of what I'm doing here. And I think that's all we need to motivate us. Thank you, Rich. All right, last chance. <clears throat> Anybody wants to share? All right, well, I've, I've really been encouraged by those that have shared this morning. So thank you for doing that, and, and I encourage you to continue sharing amongst yourselves, maybe not during the rest of the time here, but um, sharing amongst yourselves uh, ways that you have bl- been blessed by the family of God, and ways that you have experienced the family of God, and ways that you can experience and show love to each other. And so I feel encouraged that we keep doing that, that we keep showing the love of Jesus, and we keep reaching people and welcoming, and uh, that's really part of who we are. Uh, so I, I did want to get into s- s- some scripture this morning. So if you could um, turn to Luke chapter 8, we're going to be looking at, just really briefly, what did Jesus, or who did Jesus call his family? So in Luke chapter 8, in verses 19 and 20, we find out that Jesus is in a crowd. And, and there was a lot of people around. And there, so, so many people were around that when Jesus' mother and brothers got to Jesus, they actually couldn't reach him because there were so many people around Jesus. So let's look and see what it says here in these verses. Alright, so... It says, now Jesus' mother and brothers came to see him. But they were not able to get to him because of the crowd. Verse 20 says, someone told him, your mother and brothers are standing outside wanting to see you. Okay, so imagine this scenario. These people, this big crowd, Jesus has gained in a lot of popularity that there's these crowds following him. He's doing all kinds of things, healing people, teaching people. And, and people, and so the, his mother and brothers, we don't know exactly why they want to see Jesus, but they're coming to see Jesus, and they can't get to him. And, and so Jesus, he turns 
And he, he says this. He replied, he said in verse 21, My mother and brothers are those who hear God's word and put it into practice. Now that may, may seem really strange, but we're going to look at this a little bit. So his mother and brothers are there looking for him. And, and it's just a very simple, hey Jesus, your family's here. You know, someone's coming to tell them, uh, stop what you're doing, whatever you're doing. You need to show your mother and brother's importance right now. You want, they came to you, go to them, okay? So put your value in your, in your earthly family. And, and Jesus then says, now, in, in Matthew and Mark, he, he expounds a little bit more here. But he says, who are my bro- mother and brothers? He says, essentially, who is my family? And I wonder if the disciples and those around him thought, is this a trick question? Is, is this, is he really asking this? Who, who are, has, he, has he really forgotten who his mom and his brothers are? I, I think he knows who they are, so why is he asking us this question? Who are they? You know, who are they? And, and so they're just trying to figure this out. Why is he saying this? And then Jesus points at the people around him, and I think mostly his disciples. He points, he looks at them, and he and he says, this is my family. my family. My family is here already. You guys are saying my family is getting here to see me and, and to tell me I need to go to them because that's more important. But no, he says, my family is right here. Because what he's saying is, my family is the, the people right here that are hearing God's word and obeying it. My family is people that hear what God says, hear what I say, get my, in teaching, my teachings, and they put it into practice. Matthew and Mark, they both said, when Jesus said this, they said, whoever does God's will. So Jesus is saying, whoever does God's will, whoever's putting my, God's words into practice, however you want to look at that, whoever is living the way of Jesus, that's who his family is. So let me ask you, are you living the way of Jesus? Are you Jesus' family, according to what Jesus is saying right here? You know, he's saying people that are studying the Word of God. People that are wanting to seek after Him and understand who He is. Understand His heart. That They're putting into practice whatever they're hearing from Jesus. Whatever they're reading in the Bible, they're trying to put that into practice in their own life. Maybe they aren't doing it perfectly, but they're putting it into practice. They're living according to God's word. That's who Jesus said his family is. So Jesus wasn't just talking to them. He was talking to us too. He was talking to all believers. Whoever is my family hears God's word and puts it into practice. So are we living a way that we hear God's word, that we're studying God's word, that we're seeking after God, and then whatever God says, we're saying, yeah, I'm doing it. Yeah, I'm in. Yeah, even if it's hard, even if I don't want to, I'm doing it because that's what God's telling me to do because Jesus is my master. Jesus is my Lord. God's in charge, not me. We live surrendered lives. If we live in the family of God, if we are part of God's family, then we're to be living a life that's surrendered to Him as Lord and Savior, as Master. And we say, yes, 
too. So according to what Jesus said, would you consider yourself part of God's family? Are you studying God's word to know God? Are you seeking after God's heart in prayer and in, in dedication to the Lord? Are you, are you seeking after the Lord? And are you putting God's word into practice and doing what God's asking you to do? Are you trying to understand God's heart and hear His Spirit's voice to be listening and obeying? That's what Jesus is saying. Is those, those are the people in His family. And, and that's scary because, because sometimes I think we just think, hey, I prayed a prayer one time when I was 5 or 6 or 10 or 33 or whatever, and now I'm in God's family. But Jesus says it's not about praying a prayer. Jesus said it's people that listen to God's word and obey. And that, he's not saying they did that sometime a long time ago. He's not saying they're doing that, they're going to do it in the future. He's, he's saying ongoing. They listen to what God says and they do it. They listen to God and they obey. So maybe, maybe that's not you. Maybe you haven't listened to God's word and put it into practice. Maybe you've never asked Jesus to be the Lord of your life. If you've never done that, please don't wait till sometime when you're ready. Do that now. Jesus offered himself. We heard this this morning from Susie. He offered himself as the, the sacrifice that would take away sin from our life and be atoned so we can be right with the Father. The story of the Bible shows us that God created us to be in relationship with him. He made Adam and Eve to live perfectly. But just like Adam and Eve, all of humans fall short of the glory of God. We sin. We choose our own way. We choose what we want to do instead of God's way. And therefore, we are, eternal, we are eternally destined to be away from God. Most people call that hell. And, and, and so, being away from God for eternity, so when we die, we're going to be away from God. That sounds terrible. If you really think about what, what it would be like to have God not in the picture in any way, that's what's going to happen to people that don't love Jesus. They don't put God's word into practice and obey. And so, don't wait. Well, I, I challenge you. If there's people here today or watching or listening and you haven't received Jesus and you are not part of God's family, you, you, you're living on, in your own way. You're trying to do what's right, but you're, 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 you're not doing it God's way. Don't wait. We heard that the, the wages of sin is death. There's no chance that we can redeem ourselves. But in God's mercy, He sent His Son Jesus to live a perfect life, just like we saw in this demonstration a few minutes ago, to live a perfect life that was holy. And He showed us how to live the right way. Not just the right way, the only way. The way that the Father designed us to live. 
without sin. And Jesus went to the cross. He died a criminal's death. And He hung there on the cross. And He was separated from His Father, His Heavenly Father. And He took on all of our sins upon Him. And He died. A a, a death that was not deserved. Jesus died. But Jesus rose victoriously. He rose by the power of God. And Jesus offers a free gift of salvation to all who turn to Him. To all that put their trust in the name of Jesus. Who all, all that say, Jesus, please forgive me for the way that I've chosen to live. Please forgive me for the sin, my sin, and make me clean. Make me right with you. It does say in Romans 10, I love that Susie mentioned this today, that if you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, and you believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, that you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. So saying it, that Jesus, you are my Lord, believing that Jesus died for our sins and that God raised him from the dead. That's all. And we can accept Jesus' free gift of salvation. So if that's you today, I want you to pray. And let's all pray together. Um, if, if you've never prayed for the Lord to be Lord of your life, for Jesus to be Lord of your life, <clears throat> then I encourage you to, to quietly pray this prayer to come to the Lord. So we can pray, Lord Jesus, for too long I've kept you out of my life. I know that I'm a sinner and I cannot save myself. No longer will I close the door when I hear you knocking. By faith, I gratefully receive your free gift of salvation. Jesus, I am ready to trust you as my Lord and as my Savior. Thank you, Jesus, for coming to earth. I believe that you are the Son of God who died on the cross for my sins and that you rose back to life. Thank you for bearing my sins and for giving me the gift of eternal life to be with you. Jesus, I believe your words are true. Come be in charge of my life as my master and as my savior. And I would put your words into practice and live a life of obedience to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, I hope somebody pray that prayer. I hope, and and like I said earlier, it's not a prayer that saves you, but it's what you do in your heart, believing Jesus, trusting Jesus for 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 the forgiveness of your sins. If you've confessed that Jesus is Lord and you have never told somebody that, 
please tell somebody. Please tell another believer. Please tell someone in the family of God. Please tell me or one of the elders. Somebody, we'd love to pray with you. We'd love to get you connected to understand more about how to walk with the Lord. It's not just one time we pray a prayer and we're good for our heaven ticket, our, our ticket to heaven. No, it's way more than that. So if that's you, even if you're watching online or, or listening, please tell us. Please tell someone. So we would love to get you connected. We'd love to celebrate with you. Now, maybe, that's, maybe you've accepted the Lord a long time ago or, or a few weeks ago or whatever, but now you're trying to figure out, how do I live faithfully to the Lord? How do I walk in obedience to Jesus? How do I put into practice what God said and obey? You know, one way you can show people, if you've never been baptized, you can be baptized. Baptism is a symbol to show people that I am all in with Jesus, that I trust Jesus. It's not a way of being saved, but it's a way of showing the world, an outward way of showing the world that I am all in with Jesus, and I am in God's family, and we can celebrate together that we are part of the family of God. If you've never been baptized, and you'd like to get baptized, let me know. Let one of the elders know. Uh, we would love to baptize you. If, you've, if you want to be committed to East Bend as a member, we would love for you to be all in with this congregation. If you would like to go through a membership class, we're going to be offering a membership class in the next month. Please talk to me. I would love to get you signed up for the membership class so you can understand what it means to be part of East Bend, part of the family of God in this local community of believers. You know, maybe you've been a Christian for a long time. You've been part of the family of God, and you've been trying to live in a way that is pleasing to the Lord, that's, that's walking in obedience of, of what God says. You know, our mission statement here at East Bend, if we can put it on the screen, it's developing disciples who are reaching people with Jesus' transforming gospel. And we've been, we've been talking about that recently, how each of us are called, if we are members of the church of Jesus Christ. We are called to be developing disciples. That, that could look like on a Sunday morning teaching Sunday school or on a Wednesday night helping with different classes. That could look like meeting with a group of people studying God's Word. That could mean holding somebody accountable and you guys talk about issues you're having. Whatever the case is, it's, it's developing disciples and holding people accountable through God's Word living a life of community, whether it's in a small group or, or you're teaching people, whatever it looks like for you, at, at East Bend, we want to be developing disciples. We want to not just raise up the next generation, we want to be raising up the current generation. And wh- whatever our age is, we want to be developing, be learning, growing as a disciple of Jesus. So we want to disciple each other. And it, it's not by ourselves, but it's with Jesus' transforming gospel. We want to be centered around the cross and the, what Jesus did to save us. We want to know that every day Jesus' free gift affects how we live. Our faith in Jesus transforms us. 
because Jesus' Spirit lives in us. And so Jesus is constantly changing us to live and to look more and more like Him, to share His love with each other, to show more and more people about His Son, about God's Son, Jesus. And so our, the second part of our mission statement is that our, we are developing disciples who are then reaching. All, all of us are reaching people. Like we, like we talked about last week, we're reaching out and welcoming in. We're reaching people the lost in our communities, the people that don't know Jesus, the people that need His salvation. We are reaching people with Jesus' transforming gospel, that gospel of showing people about Jesus' free gift of salvation. And so I want to challenge you this year that all of us, if you are part of East Bend, or even if you're not, if you're part of the family of God, I want to challenge you that we are all part of this mission. And so I want you just to think and, and, talk, and, and talk to the Lord in prayer over the next couple minutes here. And on the, on the sermon insert on the bottom, it has these, this mission statement. And on the, the little spot on the bottom, this gray spot, it has these two challenging questions. Who will I be actively praying with and discipling this year. So I want you to think about that. Who am I, or who will I, be actively praying with, discipling, growing together in our faith this year? And then also, who will I be actively praying for and reaching out to this year? And I would love, over the next few minutes, if we can get a song... um, that we could just be praying and we each write down at least one name on each of these. That we could then put this on our fridge or put this in our Bibles and we could be actively praying with or actively praying for these people this year. So take a few moments and talk to the Holy Spirit. And if you need a, a pencil or a pen, um, can Eli, can you go grab the pencils in the back? If you need a pencil or pen, Uh, Eli will get one to you, but otherwise, just uh, talk to the Lord right now about who this could be. I ask that whoever you wrote down, that you would begin today praying with, praying for those people, And, and that you could be looking for ways that you could be if you're discipling, it doesn't mean that you're over someone and you're, you're trying to teach them all you know, but it's just about how you're growing in life and learning about Christ and you're, you're opening up and sharing with each other. And if it's someone that you're reaching out to, that you're praying for them, looking for opportunities to share the love of Jesus with them, looking for opportunities to invite them into places that they can understand more of Jesus' love whether that's outreach things that we do or or other places, but that we're looking for ways and praying for opportunities to be a blessing to them and reaching them for the Lord. If you don't have people written down, I encourage you to take this home and pray about it today. Pray about it tomorrow. But, But find someone in each of these categories that we can be helping grow in the body of Christ, in the family of God, and helping to reach out And lastly, 
on the back of this handout, there's a lot of things listed. I'm not going to ask you to read them all right now. But we, a couple weeks ago, we had the post-it notes that I've asked you guys to write out, ways that you could serve our community, ways that just a practical way that we could get out and do something that would show people the love of Jesus. And so we compiled these. You can go look at them, look them all out there, but we compiled these. And so you can just look through these. And I just encourage you at the bottom here, from either of these lists, from this post-it note list of how we could serve our communities or ways that you could serve here at East Bend, Take, take this home and, and, and circle one of these. Circle one of these, that, a, a way that you're committing that you could ask the Lord how you can help, how you could step up and, and, and uh, serve the Lord. And, and there's a lot of us, I know, a lot of us are already serving the Lord in lots of ways. Please don't make this, this a burden to you. This is just, I ask that you would just continue to, to serve faithfully and to be looking for ways to reaching people and, and showing people the love of Jesus. Well, let's, let's pray to close. Lord Jesus, I thank you for your free gift of salvation. And I thank you that you offer salvation to all who call on your name and all who turn to you, Jesus. And so I pray if there's, if there's anyone that's prayed to receive you, Jesus, that, that you would begin a new work in their life. Lord, I pray if there's anyone that's been challenged in other ways today to be discipling people, to be reaching people, God, I pray that this would not just be something that the pastor says one time and, and we, we just kind of forget about, but it's something that we could be this year in, in 2022, be really focused on praying for, praying with these people. And God, that we would see a great harvest. Not, not for the glory of East Bend or some other church, but for the glory of your name, Jesus. And so we pray that we would be people, that if we are in your family, that we would hear your word and we would put it into practice. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.